Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a focus episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the topics of the day. Hello, and welcome to Collisions YYC. And I'm having a good old fashioned chat, as I always do. We got to get this mic. We got to get these. I just got to start turning, hitting record when we, when we get started because we have these great conversations, and then we turn the mic on. I'm talking with uh, Mr. Mishek Mwaba, who is the new um, president at Bow Valley College. How are you, sir? I'm doing very fine, thank you. How are you, Tyler? I am very good. I'm very much, very excited to chat with you. I've been had the privilege of talking to Laura Joe, your predecessor, many a couple times on the show, and she was able to give me a fantastic perspective. I've talked to some individuals from Mount Royal. I've talked to people from SATE. I'll be honest, these past months has opened my eyes to the role that academia is playing in this economic transformation that we're dealing with in Calgary, and very exciting to talk to you today. And well, I'll start with a big congratulations. You are, I think you shared offline, nine days into your new role. That is, that is very real. It is very real. It is exciting. It's an exciting role. Uh, Bow Valley College is a great, uh, is a great college, uh, very diverse. And I'm very, really, uh, fortunate to be given the privilege to lead the college. Uh, it's exciting, but also I'm taking over at a time when it's very, very challenging. So, yes. uh, really I'm looking to working with the team so that we can make sure that, uh, Bow Valley College uh, goes through the pandemic, pandemic, but also thrives post that. Yeah, so I think so, so many businesses and you and I spoke about taking this as an opportunity, a forced opportunity, if you will, to do things, to learn from the past and do better in the future. So for anyone who maybe hasn't had the privilege of meeting you or maybe understands your story, maybe we'll take a few minutes. You're not new. You've been at, uh, not new to Bow Valley College. You've been there for over three years. So you have a background in academia. So let's just take a couple of minutes and I appreciate new to the role, but not new to the, not new to what you're doing, uh, giving the audience a little bit of background so they can understand uh, kind of who, who you are. And then we'll get into the big questions around the world of post-secondary and how that looks going forward. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, I've, I've been at Bow Valley College since September uh, 2017. I came in as vice president academic. Um, and then nine days ago, I took over the role of president and CEO. Um, my background is a mechanical engineer, uh, but I've worked, I've combined both uh, industry and, uh, and academia. Before coming to Calgary, uh, I worked in uh, in Ontario. I worked at uh, Algonquin College. I worked at Niagara College, and I worked at Atomic Energy of Canada. And uh, really, I've combined uh, leading and teaching as well because I really uh, enjoy and value education. For me, it's uh, it's something that uh, changes individuals, transforms communities. And it's the economic driver um, for the community. So really being at the center of education really gives me a lot of pride. Uh, that's uh, I appreciate. It. I can hear I can hear that in your voice. And the natural, the natural that 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 joy and that that inspiration that comes from teaching. Um, I, just curious, and just this is my own again. <laughs> always curious, vice president academic. Would that be similar to like a, a COO style role in a traditional organization? In terms of just reading the description, it felt like you were very heavily involved in the operations side of the day to day. So when when you look at post secondary institution, Tyler, the academic enterprise is the heart of the institution. Colleges, universities are about academics. So, as vice president academic, I was uh, uh, 
I was responsible to see that we've got uh, programs that are relevant and are current and equip individuals with skills that will make them get the jobs. I was uh, responsible for research and innovation to just make sure that we are also helping companies solve those practical problems. And the third part of my responsibility really is uh, Bow Valley College has got uh, uh, an access mandate. And part of that is also to provide access to education in uh, rural areas surrounding Calgary. So I was okay. also overseeing the regional stewardship. So that, that, that was the bulk of my responsibility. Okay. So just touching on, I appreciate the access, access. So, so important and such a, such a popular term these days of like, how do we, how do we not take it so easy to take it for granted when you have access and you just, it's easy to assume. And sometimes ignorantly so that not everyone does uh, curious a little bit to touch on that, but to move back to partnering with the community and understanding, like you said, so the individuals that go through and receive the education are able to get jobs, but in reverse, that those organizations are able to find the right talent. How, how in lockstep or like this maybe give us a little bit of insight. How does that, is that an active dialogue that's literally happening? I would say almost on a weekly basis with local business and local enterprise. So Tyler, I'm, I'm sure you have looked at our vision and uh, really our vision we uh, aspire to shape the future of college education. And mm -hmm. part of that is when you look at uh, education, the value of education is individuals need to use those skills to succeed and companies need to value those skills. So what we do is to engage organizations and ask questions about what are the competences they are looking for? So that as Bovale College, we can do two things. Uh, when we talk about uh, shaping the future of uh, college education, what we're trying to do is re to rethink how education is done. So, Tyler, you know that if you've got access to the internet and you've got the time, you can find content everywhere. But who is assessing to validate that you got the right content you got the right knowledge and you are able to apply it correctly. So what we're doing at Bovala College is to work with uh, companies and understand their competencies. And based on that, we design assessments so that we can assess the competences people have got. And if they demonstrate the competences, we give them a micro-credential that they can take to the employers. Now, that's important because one of the things we do um, in post-secondary institution, we actually make people repeat the things they already know, simply because of the way our programs are designed. With the approach we are taking, we are saying, guess what, Tyler? You don't have to repeat the things you already know. So we are going to start with assessing your face, and then we identify the gap, and then we can develop content that actually addresses those gaps. So what we're doing is really to get a good picture, understand what industry is looking for, and then design the programming and the assessments that are going to help with that. 
It's very interesting. I heard a couple things in there that I found interesting. One was truly assessing the individual. I love it. I don't know how many friends I know that have gone back to retool or, and they're like, oh, I got to go through and redo something that I are. And it, it's a point of frustration that I would hear from people. But to be able to assess people on an individual basis and then provide, I love the micro-credential concept. And I'm familiar, uh, I know you probably know Dan Jurescu from TerraHub and the work they're doing around credentials and validation of, you know, how do you bridge that gap so that individual feels that they actually will get recognized for the work that they've done? I love the micro-credential side of it. But then an employer being able to trust that that individual does indeed have have those qualifications, it feels like a much more customized approach for both the employer and the indiv- and the individual at the end of the day. That's correct. So, as part of uh, uh, the open doors, open minds strategic plan, one of the what I would call a signature initiative is what we're calling pivot ed. Now, pivot ed is about reimagining how we upskill and reskill people. Because uh, if I I may, um, the shift in global economic situation, the pace of uh, technological change, and if you add the pandemic as well, is actually forced companies to rethink how do they do business, to try to adopt technology to help them do business. A key barrier to companies achieving that is really the skill set of the people they have, or also the people they are, they are looking for. So in, in, our, in our city here, Calgary, uh, and out, I give in the province, oil and gas is extremely important. And it's an industry that has faced significant challenges. So they're trying to pivot, but to pivot, they need to very quickly and cost-effectively upskill and reskill people. Doing it the traditional way is going to take time. So the approach we're taking of saying, let's assess the skills you already have, because it could be that um, somebody who has been working in the oil and gas industry for a long time, they've dealt with things like uh, data. They've dealt with graphing, interpreting data. But that same person, if they lose a job, and they're looking for a data analytics job, the employer, the new employer might not even look at the resume. You know why? Because they're thinking, well, you are working in the oil and gas. With pivot aid, what we're trying to do is, okay, you know what? Um, Here are the competencies that the companies that have adopted technology, here are the competencies they are looking for. Go through the assessment. And if we identify the gap, then we can help you address those gaps. That's one. The second thing is we are also adopting technology ourselves. So Tyler, the assessments I'm talking about are not assessments where we give you a multiple choice questions. uh, we, We ask you to memorize something. The approach we're taking is we create work based simulations. And the way we do that is we are leveraging the power of artificial intelligence. So Tyler, if you're interviewing me for a job, the first thing is you're going to ask me questions that will help you uh, determine whether I can fit in or I've got the skills you're looking for. When I come into the organization, you're going to give me some assignments. And based on how 
I perform on those assignments and those assignments could be, I need to talk to other people. I need to get the information. I need to package it in the way it's supposed to come to you. So the assessments we are creating is we've got AI avatars who are acting as workplace uh, individuals, some of them as supervisors, others are uh, colleagues. And basically when I'm doing the assessment, it's like I'm interacting with all these people. So it's like, a workplace scenario. And this is done completely uh, in, vir in virtual reality? Mm -hmm. That's what we are doing exactly, yeah. That's what we're doing. So the process is we start with engaging with industry so that we understand what are the key competences you are looking for uh, at the entry level, at the media level, and at the high level. Interesting. So based on that, we create a competence profile, and then we develop the assessments. And we are working with an organization that's, uh, um, they've got an AI platform. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically, we are now embedding the assessments there. Very interesting. And who, uh, if you, are you able to share? Is that, is that a local company or is that an international company that, that you're using that platform for? So that, that company is, uh, uh, is based in Toronto. Okay. But because of working with us, they've actually started coming to Calgary. So uh, in the last year, they, they've hired two individuals here in Calgary. Excellent. Excellent. I love those. Those little wins are very important, I think, right now, these days, especially. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. That, that, so getting back to the, the, the fact that, and sometimes I think it's easy to forget that as an outsider, a, a, an educational uh, organization is still a business. So that sounds, sounds to me like a very significant capital investment on your part to be tooled up for, for the future. Just understanding the financials around that, is this something that is the, are you getting support from the community? Is it donors? Is it from the government? Just like if I'm an organization and I'm doing the kind of uh, technological shift, which a lot of them are doing that you're doing, there's a significant cost associated with that. And I recognize it's, it's almost non-optional today, but it still requires capital to do that. So as, as a business, how has that transition been for the college to make that kind of investment? It, 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 it does. Uh, I'm glad you asked that question because we have to think about how do we make sure that this business is sustainable. Mm -hmm. uh, so what, what we've done is we've really looked at uh, if this is going to succeed, what can we do? We've done a number of things. So after we're able to make our ideas concrete, we started reaching out to see are there organizations that can assist us with realizing this dream? Because at first it was just a dream and then we tested it and uh, people liked what they were saying. So we're very fortunate that at the, uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, we received 1.52 million from Future Skills. And uh, basically what we're using those funds for is to build a digital platform that would be like a marketplace. Okay. So instead of me uh, knocking on uh, companies' uh, uh, doors, they can go to that platform and identify what are the key competences they are looking for. You as an individual, you can go to that platform and basically take the assessments. And then we are working, we are creating kind of uh, uh, an ecosystem so we are inviting other possible institutions to participate in creating these assessments. So for instance, mm -hmm. the 1.52 million we got from uh, Future Skills, we have reached out to other possible institutions and they are developing two assessments each. So for instance, NorQuest in, uh, in Edmonton is going to create assessments based on, um, uh, on, on energy. 
um, Georgian College in, um, in, in Ontario is going to create assessments that are based on the healthcare. So the idea, once we have realized this, the big vision is what we're going to have is in a simplistic way, it's almost like the Amazon of competencies. Oh. So if you look at Amazon, you as, um, as, as the person who is shopping, you go to that platform, you search for something you buy. I mean, most of those things are coming from third-party wrestlers, but you trust Amazon that you, you get the best deal and everything will be, will, will be okay. So what we are creating here, we are calling it the flexible learning platform. So the flexible learning platform will actually um, help us operationalize the ideas we've got in Pivot Edge. Very interesting. Is that level of collaboration between academic institutions, is that, is that relatively new or has that always been happening behind the scenes? It, 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 feels, like it, it, it feels like a new way of doing, of doing things, which uh, that's my impression. Is that, is that the case? So, I mean, post-secondary post have, have corroborated in different ways, mm -hmm. uh, but, but I think what we're doing, um, we believe it's going to be a game changer, especially when you talk about upskilling and reskilling. Um, when you talk about continuing education where people need to go and upgrade their, their skills, the traditional way of doing things is somebody is going to go for a course that will be three months, six months, one year. Mm -hmm. And most of the things they will be um, exposed to are probably things they know from their work experience. Okay. Here, the new thing we are doing is we are saying uh, we are going to collaborate on developing assessments because when we do that, we grow the assessments very quickly. That's one. The second thing is we also know that companies, individuals have got an affinity to, to colleges that are in the community. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, if we had... Uh, very good assessments at Bovale College and somebody in Edmonton was to do that, chances are they will have to start searching who is Bovale College. The employer is going to start searching who is Bovale College. Whereas in Calgary, we believe that we've got, we are known, and the employers yes. will know it's Bovale College. So what we're doing is, I talked about the micro-credentials. Mm -hmm. We are white labeling the micro-credentials. So Somebody can come on the platform and do the assessment, but they're in Edmonton. Then NoQuest is going to give that micro-credential, oh, okay. despite okay. the fact that it was done here. Well, then you've got brand recognition, which, in, which immediately uh, there's already a preset tr level of trust, which is really what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Mm, very interesting. And, and, and I should mention the other thing. Um, I think earlier in the discussion, you know, when we're talking about who is there to validate that, you have acquired the knowledge. I think one of the things we have, we are very strong when I talk about colleges or universities, is really the ability to assess. Yes. On a, on a truly, a on a truly individual basis. And that, that to me feels like, you know, that's your 10Xer right there of the ability to assess an individual from where they are. Because two people could have come from a similar job, but have different fundamental skill sets. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, that's very powerful. And certainly feels like it, it, it 
it's the way of the future in the, in the sense of like rapid change, adaptability, resourcefulness, and being able to capitalize on the fact that you're going to need to change your career multiple times along the way, but your skills are transferable. But how do you document that? How do you validate that? Hence, shaping the future of college education. Yes. <laughs> so interesting. Uh, curious, you talked about the, the value of local and the val- value of brand awareness when it comes to like, if I'm in Calgary, I know about Bow Valley College. I think you would be difficult to find a business in this town and or, that's not aware of it. What about immigration? What about uh, like net new people coming into our market specifically because of our of the fantastic schools that we have here, Bow Valley College be, being one? COVID has obviously put a little bit of a wrench in that one, I, I would imagine. But curious your views of that of the future and is is our education and some of the things you're offering also a value proposition that we can use to attract talent to the city to, to become more talented? <laughs> We, we, we believe it so. I, I, I mean, one of the things that's unique about Canada, uh, about Alberta, is the ability to welcome newcomers. On the other hand, uh, the newcomers will come with very high uh, competences, highly trained. They are made to repeat things. So basically, as a country, as a province, we repeat. We, we, we repeat the things people already know. Instead of people coming and already going to the workplace, we force them to start repeating the things they do. Uh, I'm an immigrant myself. I know uh, what it took for me to be recognized as a professional engineer. It took a lot. And I was actually fortunate because I was able to uh, compare the education I've done where I came from and because I was teaching in some of the universities in Ontario, I basically had to compare the curriculum and say, okay, explain to me how this is different. In fact, if I just do line by line, I actually have done more than the ones you are admitting. So it was a process. And I know that um, most people are not as fortunate as I am in the fact that I carried all the course outline and things like that. So Tyler, what we're proposing is really going to help also those very highly qualified uh, immigrants to get to the job market very quickly. Let's not forget that uh, skills and skill set has become very competitive now. The companies who succeed, succeed because they've got people with the best skills. And really, um, there are no borders now when it comes to, to skills. You and me were chatting about uh, the challenges in the United States and how people are looking at uh, other places to go to. So if Canada, if Alberta, if Calgary provided those uh, good conditions, atmospheres where individuals are able to very quickly start using their skills, that will be a path to attract people to Calgary, to Alberta. Companies also make decisions to relocate based on where the skills are. So if we can demonstrate that we've got in place a very nice way to quickly and cost-effectively upskill people, reskill people, provide a pool where in, uh, companies can get that, that's really competitive advantage and companies uh, will make decisions to come to Calgary. 
That's very interesting. Is there any other jurisdictions or markets globally that you're aware of where you would say that they've kind of, I don't want to say cornered that market, but is there anywhere that's, there's always somebody who's known for something. Is there any other part of the world where you say that, uh, that you, that's, that you know, or is there some, is there some blue ocean opportunity here to be known for that? Because that sounds, it sounds great to hear it as an entrepreneur and as somebody who's looking out and really positive about the outcome of Calgary and trying to understand like what are the value propositions that we can really share with the world. Is there anybody doing that really well now or is there some blue ocean there? So if uh, uh, the first one, uh, the first example I'll give is every entrepreneur, everybody else got a business idea. Where do they want to go? Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. Yes. <laughs> so they've figured a way of bringing together the people can provide the funds, the institutions who can provide the, the training, and startups thrive there. Uh, I did my, my doctorate in the Netherlands, and uh, the, the town where I was is Eindhoven. Mm-hmm. Eindhoven grew because of Philips. Okay. And Philips had, had this philosophy of they don't care where you come from if you go if you've got the skills they need, they'll work with the government to take you there. So when you go to the Philips campus, you find really divest there. They've got people from all over the, the globe and they're bringing those people because they've got the skills to actually move the, 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 the company forward. So those are two examples I can give you. That's interesting. Would you say that, you know, from your experience or working in lockstep with the, we'll just talk about municipal or provincial governments, are our, are, are our government bodies making the right decisions to set us up for that future from your perspective? And this isn't, this isn't about calling anybody out, but it's always about understanding where we can be better or where we can remove friction or roadblocks. Um, yes and no. The yes part is uh, whether you talk about the federal government or the, or the provincial government, there's, um, uh, there's the desire to actually bring talent to this country, to this province. Uh, yes, yes, yesterday I was, uh, I was listening to, um, uh, to the virtual address by the Minister of Jobs and, and Economy, and he basically talked about how Alberta should be uh, the place where people should be coming because it's got so much to offer. And he went through several examples, uh, of course, oil and gas, but also the emerging technologies and mm-hmm. how, how better can do that. So that's the yes part. I think the governments are trying. The no part is really the professional associations. The professional associations, they've got these um, very uh, stringent processes where they believe that whoever comes here, they have to start almost from square A. So part of what we're trying to do at Bovale College, if what we're talking about succeeds, is really saying, okay, here's Mishek, was trained as a mechanical engineer in Zambia. He had his first experience in Zambia. He worked on, uh, on mining equipment and he's come to Canada. Here's the assessment that can be done to demonstrate the skills that he's got. And if there are gaps, let's address the gaps. So instead of having uh, Misha being given eight technical courses that has to do, that's going to cost uh, 
uh, thousands of dollars, that's going to take two years. Why not just assess the competences demonstrate and then identify the gaps and have a way to address those gaps? So really, I think um, if I had a suggestion is really for the government to work with professional associations and just say, yes, uh, you are there to make sure that the um, the the theft of uh, of uh, the province and the country is protected, but how can we make sure that the individuals who come with certain uh, competences are not made to repeat everything? And is that simply just, um, is that a change management process? I, I do appreciate that maybe in the past, that was the easiest way to do it. Well, we'll just make everybody start from scratch and then we'll be quote unquote safe that they'll get there. Where now we have access to what you're talking about with proper assessments, technology tools. Is Are we just on a change management cycle or have, in your experience, is there resistance to change? Because I never underestimate, you and I joked about it earlier, there's humans involved, it's going to be complicated and people hold on to the way it's been. Are you seeing shifts in Alberta? Are we, can we be optimistic about some maybe openness to doing it differently? I, I think the jury is, is still out there. Hmm. Uh, okay. But what I can say, again, if I look at uh, Bo Valley College, one of the things in our mission statement is to challenge our thinking. And what we're saying is as a college, we have been very, very successful. However, the things we did, the actions we took that have made successful will not be good enough tomorrow. <laughs> so we should spend today to think about what can we do differently so that we actually thrive. So if we go back to the first question about the professional session, the first question is going to be, when, the, when was the last time they looked at the processes we've put through for people to become certified to be allowed to work. Has there been a deliberate way to just take a critical look and say, is there anything that can change? Hmm. Because to be fair, when those processes and procedures were put in place, yes, they had meaning, there was a reason for that, and it worked that time. Yes. But the question is, do we still need to do that? So, if I'm going to come to Canada to Alberta and spend another year upgrading my skills and uh, another uh, company, another country, Mexico, uh, UK says, you don't have to spend one year. We are going to recognize what you have got. And here's a path that will take you three months and you'll be functional. Hmm. Why would I come to Alberta? Why would I come to Canada? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, to me, that's such a, you know, first, first step, recognize, recognize the blockage, recognize like at the, at the end of the day, again, I'm in marketing, it's about customer experience and about understanding the journey and removing friction once one, one place at a time. And I've heard that so many times from individuals that have moved here from abroad and like, oh, I'm doing this job because I couldn't work in my profession because I wouldn't, I couldn't be recognized in Canada. And I didn't have the money or time or, you know, family responsibilities to then spend, like you said, the two to three to four years, depending on the situation to then be certified here in an education that quote unquote, I've already spent time earning and doing and investing in. And that seemed like, it just seems like we're, we're, we're just wasting potential resources. And that is non, that's a non-negotiable in the world we live in today, especially in Alberta. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and other companies, I mean, uh, skills have become a commodity. So other countries 
are coming up with uh, ways to attract people with the skills they need so that those companies can go there. Yes. Mm -hmm. So really, as, as a society, we need to rethink how we handle people with skills. I'm not saying everybody can just come in and walk into, uh, into a company and they become functional, but I'm also, I also don't believe that people need to spend an extra two years before yes. they can really be productive. So where's the fine line there? Yes. And that's why what we're doing about, uh, at Bovale College is really, really something that can change that because we're saying we are not going to assess you at the end of the course. We are going to assess you now. Let's see what you know so that we can develop really a tailored program for you to address those gaps. It's very interesting. It, it, it harkens me back to my days of education when I would, first thing I would do is the practice exam and understand where my gaps were and then go focus on those sections of the book, not just start reading from the beginning. <laughs> that's a very analog <laughs> way to do it, but that's how I always learn. I'm like, well, if I know this section, I'm going to spend my time on the section I don't know and then just refresh on the other one. <laughs> so exactly. there's, my analog, exactly. there's my analog comparison of... Uh, Many, many, many years ago. Uh, curious on where, where are you, where, where's Bow Valley on the timeline? Like this is obviously, I know I've heard it in the news and I'm aware uh, you've laid it out for me in a way of understanding that I don't think I had a clear picture before. And I appreciate it. I hope the audience has felt the same. Where are you guys at in terms of your timeline? Are you well down this path? Will you be able to recognize like, yeah, we're at our first milestone in a month, in a year, we're already there. So, uh, you didn't ask me if Bovale College was developing the, the flexible learning platform. We are not because we are not there. Uh, we don't have the uh, capability to do that. So we have contracted IBM to do that. Okay, perfect. And, I, made an, uh, I made an assumption, sir, which I shouldn't have made. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for circling back. <laughs> so uh, it's on track uh, to have the first test being carried out uh, at the end of December or early January. Uh, we are on track on rolling out the first assessment. So uh, my, my, my uh, optimistic vision is going to say we should have something that we can roll out either at the end of January or February. Excellent. So in, in the world of business, essentially tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, exactly, I'm, I'm yeah. very en enthusiastic to hear that. <laughs> oh, that's that's. Uh, it's so much of what you said makes sense to me from thinking about it just as someone running a business, constantly looking for skilled individuals and, you know, myself, like being really open, they can be from anywhere. And I work in a world of marketing. So there is a lot more flexibility on if that person can demonstrate the skills. We don't have professional associations in the same way because the risk of to the environment, to, to personal safety is very low. <laughs> the joke is we work in marketing, no one's going to die. Uh, even though with deadlines, it does feel like that sometimes. But thinking, thinking about bringing an individual on for fit, and for you know experience, but also then having them be able to learn the things they need to learn in the job. That's very that's very prevalent in our in our world. But when you get into world with safety and environmental and higher risk, obviously it's a different paradigm. Which I fully appreciate that, especially in Alberta as a very resource driven environment. Um, so curious on your perspective, and maybe this is way down in the weeds of a question. Any optics on some of the roles or some of the jobs, or what what what's trending? What's popular? What are some of the things that you see that are in demand when you're out there talking to organizations? Is it data scientists? Is it you know individuals with with deep AI experience, which I know is, is maybe challenging to find? What what are you what are you seeing on your horizon that way? 
I, th- I think in the in the digital field, there there, there are a lot of uh, opportunities there. So as companies are looking to pivot and adopt technology, there are things like data analytics, where the gap between what the company needs and uh, what's required is is huge. So that's that's one of the areas. Um, Cybersecurity is another one. I mean, uh, the pandemic has even taken that to a different level. And that's going to be uh, extremely needed. Uh, data science is 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 huge. Uh, people can um, um, interpret the data, help make the decisions. It's 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 going to be huge. Uh, AI is, is is another one where we we are just at the fringe. We haven't even scratched the surface, but it's got so much potential. Um, on the other hand, it's also, it's also got some issues that the scientists have to resolve. I mean, uh, there's still some biases. Um, it's not the panacea of, of everything just quite yet. I agree. Ex- 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So those are some of the things. But, but also, let's not forget uh, about the application of uh, technology in areas like healthcare. Yes. Um, how do we get our frontline uh, workers to make sure that they're able to use technology to provide uh, exceptional health care? Uh, that's, that's another area. Um, as, uh, as, as technology moves, whether you talk about uh, power generation, power distribution, uh, transportation, uh, the Internet of Things is just going to become extremely, extremely important. Yes. So the number of these things that um, some of them, in fact, I want, I want to add this. You know, the, the, the other thing that's changing is when I went to school and maybe when you went to school, we had these siloed, kind of siloed, distinct yes. uh, careers. Just now, the things I was mentioning, you basically need more than one to really be functional. So there's also that uh, interdisciplinary nature that's going to be extremely, extremely important. There's also the other part about, you know, when we talk about technology, there's also the social aspect. How do we make sure that the social skills actually are also there? So it's really rethinking, even as educational uh, institutions, how we develop our programs. We can no longer afford to develop a standalone program, say in mechanical engineering. Nice. We need to figure out how do mechanical engineers, electronics engineers, software engineers, uh, social scientists, how do they come together? The level of curiosity and adaptability and resourcefulness that's required in any career right now and degree of technological literacy, no matter where you are. And I, I love the example of healthcare because technology is going to be augmenting. It's not replacing the human. It's how do we create a level of literacy and comfort for those individuals to actually be able to like, quote unquote, do their jobs better while simultaneously in, you know, improving their own quality of life. Like It's such a bigger question that I think encompasses, you can't just say, well, we need the STEM, you know, tech like skills and we're good. The well-rounded of, of that's required, it, it, it doesn't allow you to have blinders on anymore. I think that's really an important insight that you brought out there. Yeah, and, and the other thing, Tyler, is uh, when you look at the education system, I, th- I think we've got uh, really a good foundation and individuals are going to need those foundations. Yes. Where we need to rethink 
is what happens after that because given the pace of change it means individuals will need to upskill reskill constantly yes sorry how do we uh, have a system that supports the lifelong learning that's and that starts with also a mindset around life around lifelong learning and that intense curiosity that's required you know, coming into the the workforce now, if you're in your late, I have a nephew who's 17 and contemplating the world ahead of him. And, you know, there isn't that, what do you want to do? It's like more, what are you interested in? And what's going to be passionate for you knowing that it's going to shift and change. It just feels like such a different conversation than when I was younger. And a uh, one that I'm happy that I think is, is positive because it's going to create more opportunities for people than all of a sudden being outskilled by a change if you're ahead of it and engage and our, and our, and our academia is there to support through this micro approach it feels it's setting us up for you know a much more adaptable human race going forward and i think that that's what's going to be required exactly it, it is, i don't think i'm it's been proven out to be true already <laughs> Well, Mishek, it's been really, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I, I had the privilege of understanding Bow Valley College, but today you gave me a level of clarity around not only the technically what you're doing, but philosophically the mindset that is required. Well, again, I'm putting my own words here, required by the academic community to really understand how it's, the future is going to be different than the past, but it's never been more important to have the role of academia and, and um, enterprise joined at the hip. <laughs> I, I really appreciate the opportunity to share my, my, my thoughts and my views and also what Bovale College is doing. Um, I think uh, we need collective effort to really work on how best can we upskill and skill so that our companies, our organizations can thrive because uh, talent is going to be extremely, extremely competitive. Yes, yes. Skills are a commodity, but the value that it brings is exponential. Well, I wish you all the best in your new role, sir. I, ha I have a feeling you and I may be chatting again. I'm going to keep you on my on my speed dial as things come up, and especially in the, you know, there's so many point of views out there around what the future of education looks like. So if you're open to it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boldly say that I would love to have you on, even like get into the new year. And once you've made some forward progress on some of your platform, especially the flexible learning platform, I'd love to have you on again to talk about it and keep our audience informed. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm open to that, Tyler, and I'm looking forward to the next time we'll chat and see, talking about change, how much would have changed by that time? Yeah, six months from now, it'll be, maybe it'll, <laughs> yes, it's months, months becomes years very, very quickly. Mishak, an absolute, yes. an absolute pleasure chatting with you, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs>